Hi everyone, how are you doing? <laughs> my name is Amos and uh, myself along with my wife, we are Connect Pastors at Life Church. Um, uh, our responsibility in the church is to um, be connectors, um, as the name sounds, and um, also um, just to build a community, just to spearhead the community part of the church. Uh, we love people, we love uh, to hang out with people. Um, so supernaturally, it's very natural for us. So we enjoy doing that. Um, and uh, I'm blessed with a beautiful wife. Her name is uh, Priya. And uh, two uh, beautiful children. Uh, I have a son who is uh, six and a half years old. His name is Zane. And I have a daughter, uh, one and a half year old. She's Zara. And uh, I cannot thank God enough for these wonderful kids who have been a blessing uh, to me. Uh, more than anything else, I'm so thankful for my wife, Priya. Um, I know God has blessed me with this wonderful woman. I would probably say I wouldn't be here if uh, it was not Priya. Uh, she has changed my life. So, so thank you. Thank you, Priya. Thank you for being a wonderful wife. <laughs> and um, most of all, um, I would like to thank God for this amazing opportunity. Um, uh, as uh, I was growing up, if someone asked me what you want to be, I wanted to always say, I want to be an influencer for good things. I want to create a difference in life, people's lives. Um, but I was in a hurry that time. I used to get very anxious. I used to get very desperate. But uh, God had a different plan. Today, the time has come. You know, God said, today is your day. So I'm really, really thankful to God for this amazing opportunity that he has given us, has given me personally. And I want to also thank um, uh, my spiritual parents, Pastor John and Pastor Kelsey. They have been a huge blessing for us in our lives. I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, they, in fact, they are the first people first ever people that I've met in my life who live what they speak. There are a lot of people who can greatly speak. They are very eloquent with how they speak and communicate. There are people who do things but they never come to light. But this is one couple that I've seen. They say something and they've already done it. For example, Try Life. Uh, I've, 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 we've been with them in the journey. You know what they told me. Amos we, and Priya, we wanted to do this even before we come and encourage people to do that in the church. Now that is a doer, you know. So we are so privileged, so honored uh, to be a part of this house and have such amazing parents. Thank you so much, Pastor John and Kelsey, for being wonderful parents. Thank you. <laughs> Today, um, God has in store an amazing message um, uh, for us today. Um, this is something that's very close to my heart. Um, and I'm sure it will be close to a lot of people's hearts as well as once you hear the topic uh, because we deal with this aspect um, uh, um, uh, every single day. So today, the topic of my message is Kingdom Psychology of Money. Are you excited? Are you excited? When, uh, when I was, when I was uh, praying to God as to what should I speak about and... Uh, and then when, when it was about money, I got really excited. I said, wow, 
This is something that we deal with on a daily basis. But unfortunately, it hasn't been spoken about much, if you have thought about it, you know, because it's somewhat considered as an offensive sort of a thing, especially in a community or especially in a church setting. So, which should truly not be the case. We should be comfortable talking about it. Um, um, so today, um, this is what um, God has in store for us. So before I deep dive into what um, I've prepared, we'll do a quick prayer. Are you with me? So, gracious Heavenly Father, thank you and praise you for this amazing time that you have given us. Such a wonderful day. Thank you for adding one more day into our lives, Lord. Lord, today, I'm a vessel. Uh, thank you for speaking to me and thank you for using me as a mouthpiece to sow this seed in your house, Father. Father, we pray that we are a good ground, Father. We also pray that we'll keep our hearts and minds open to the, receive this word, Father. It's not me speaking. Let not even a single word come out of my knowledge of good and evil, but every single word that comes out today should be from you, Lord. We believe that you always are a constructive God. Whatever comes from this pulpit, it's going to fall on good ground. Nobody will be offended with this message, brother, because your intention for us is good. Your plans for us is good. You never um, uh, spoke to anybody that uh, where, where it was destructive, Father God. We thank you and praise you, Lord. Thank you for this amazing time that you've given us. In the mighty name of Jesus, with thanksgiving we pray. Amen. Amen. So, kingdom psychology uh, uh, of money. Now, <clears throat> I want to give you a brief introduction about uh, why kingdom psychology of money. Because there are, if you look at it from the very high level, there are two kingdoms that we are encountering on a daily basis. One is the secular kingdom. One is the spiritual kingdom. Now today's message will be more on the, uh, will be emphasizing a lot on how the kingdom psychology should function. Now, please don't mistake me. I will not be talking about any investment techniques. I will not be talking about any kind of, uh, uh, you know, get rich quick schemes, um, which is not bad by the way. But, <laughs> but having said that, um, there are a lot of under, uh, underlying psychology or the underlying mindset or the underlying principles or the values that are more important and the, the byproduct of which you will be able to do those things because application of values and principles is very important. Um, if you go to Romans 12 2, the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, when we are born again, we are coming from a secular mindset and we are entering into the kingdom mindset. Now, a lot of times um, we, are, we are saved, we are very happy, we are born again. But then we go through a maturing process. Now, in that maturing process, it's very important for us to understand what the kingdom principles are. A lot of times, I've seen a lot of people, they, they are born again, but 
they have become more like a hybrid model you know they are functioning in the kingdom but with the values of the secular world you know so it's very important for us early the earlier you figure it out the better it is in terms of understanding the principles now today that's why uh, the kingdom psychology of money is important because i'll be i'll be going through a couple of aspects of the kingdom psychology which will communicate to you some of the principles that you can actually apply in daily lives so more than a preaching i would say this would be more of a teaching uh, today uh, and i'm sure you are ready to receive it so the bible says but seek ye first the kingdom of god and all these things shall be added unto you in matthew 6:33 we have an option to seek the things of the kingdom first or something else but we want all the things to be added unto us so it's very important for us to seek the things of the kingdom first so it is very important to understand the principles of the kingdom and once we have and understand the principles of the kingdom uh, with my personal experience i'm going to tell you it adds a lot of purpose to your life when you go to office when you know that you know the principles of the kingdom you're watching and doing everything with the kingdom lens when you run a business you're running everything with the kingdom lens now understanding the principles will sort of i would say it will wipe the blurry lens so it is wonderful so it's important for you to understand and gain clarity on how the kingdom functions and what are the principles that actually uh, 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 guide your kingdom lifestyle i would say you know in order for me to um uh, make you understand these kingdom principles there are seven aspects that i will be talking to you about today okay the first aspect and it is very important um if you have your pen and a paper it will be awesome if you can make notes because this is going to change your life if you apply it the first aspect we'll be talking about today is ownership of money and all material possessions belongs to god simple yet very profound i'll tell you why every single thing that you own every single dirham or a dollar that you have it belongs to god we need to when we are born again believers we need to internalize this i will tell you why because this is the foundation for any kind of prosperity or any kind of uh, growth that you want to experience in life so in the kingdom we walk we talk we do things but every time we walk we talk to do anything we walk like as though we don't own anything but we walk and talk as though we are the stewards of it god gives us things to steward in life now there is an amazing thing that happens when you start believing that you don't own anything there is two important things that happen in life you know it what happens it takes away the stress from you right for example um when we do business there are some clients that we experience who teach us a lot of lessons we call them tough clients sometimes you finish your work and we don't get paid in the earliest stages of our business we used to get anxious ah why are they not paying the money then suddenly god spoke to us and said why are you 
getting stressed? Is that your money or my money? Then we realized, oh, okay, yes, they're not holding back to my money. They're holding back to God's money. So it's their responsibility to answer to God why they held back his money. Right? So the stress goes away. That's the beautiful thing about believing and applying that nothing belongs to us but your father. It belongs to you actually because you are a son in the, in the house. But your father owns it. And the second important thing that happens is it makes you more responsible. You, don't, you just don't go and spend on whatever you want. You just don't do, you don't just, you know, become irresponsible what you're spending because you're spending your father's money, right? It's very important that we realize that we don't stress at the same time we become responsible. That's amazingly important. Some of the examples that I want to share from my personal lives. See, we are a construction company. So we are an interior designing and a construction company. So in the whole value chain, we have subcontractors, vendors and all of that. Subcontractors are the people who actually do the work for us. Now there's an industry standard saying that you have to have a credit period for your subcontractors, at least a 30 day, 60 day credit period. In our business, God told us, you will not have credit period. God said, if your subcontractors are finishing the work, you need to pay them on the same day. We just had to say yes and do it. Because God said, this is not, when they finish the work, you need to pay them. This is amazing. If I tell this to somebody now outside, probably they'll be amazed. How can you do that? Because this is not industry standard. I will, we will speak about it as to how you can do that later on as we go. You know, but I'm just giving an example. And the salaries in our company gets paid one week in advance. We don't pay them on the first. Because one day someone told me that in the King's company here, the salaries get one, paid one week in advance. I said, we are a son of a king as well. We are a son and daughter of a king. We, uh, we, we, we should pay one week in advance as well. So meaning it's not in, in the one week advance. It's, that's not the whole idea. What we're communicating is communicating the heart of God. Communicating the heart, how God thinks. What would Jesus do if he was running the company? And don't forget, we are running his company. Are we good managers? Are we good stewards? Now, this is awesome. So this is all about understanding the ownership of your possessions, ownership of your money. So this is the first point. Now, after we have understood about the ownership of our possessions, who owns it, we head to the second point of stewarding. Very, everybody who talks about finances and possessions, they talk about stewarding. So this is extremely important as well, um, the stewarding aspect of it. Now, the most popular parable in the Bible when we talk about stewarding is, in, is the parable of talents. Many of us have heard about it before. This is in Matthew 25, 14 to 30. The, to summarize the, the parable, there was an owner, so he entrusted three of his employees when he was traveling with some of his money. To one he gave five, the second he gave two, and the third he gave one. And then he wanted them to take that money, sow it somewhere else, make returns out of it and come back. So while he came back, he wanted to see if they have done well with the money 
So the one who gave five, he doubled it. The one he gave two, he doubled it as well. And the one who had one, he didn't do anything with it. He just hid that money uh, because he was fearful about it. Now, what learning we get from that parable? What learning we get from the parable is the third guy, he did not grow the money. So in the kingdom, growing is important. Now, it's strange. When I was working in the company, we used to have like a strategy meetings. They obsess about the plan. They, 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 what do you want to do this year? What are we achieving and this and that? But then we come to our personal life. I saw that there was no plan. That's amazing, isn't it? Have you ever thought about it? We become part of the meetings. We plan, but we never plan for it, right? But it's important that we plan. It's important that we grow uh, what God has blessed us with. And the second learning that we learn from this parable is operating with fear. It's not kingdom to be operating with fear. You know why? In the kingdom, we don't obsess about the outcome. It's God's responsibility. Now what happened with the third guy here is he was so fearful that he did not even invest that money because he was scared of the outcome. Remember one thing in life. If you are scared of an outcome, you cannot steward it. If you don't like your body, you can't get fit. If you don't like your money, the money cannot be stewarded. So if you want to steward something in life, don't worry about the outcome. It's God's responsibility. Don't be fearful. Our responsibility is to take action. We're going to take action. We're going to do it. I know it's going to be great because I'm a son and daughter of a king. Even if it fails, I know it's for my good. So this is how we approach it. And playing safe is not encouraged in the kingdom. Sorry about that. Playing safe. Now, <clears throat> do one thing every single day that will test your faith. Because, you know, we just heard uh, in the testimony time, God is not moved by our needs, unfortunately. He's moved by our faith. So, it's an amazing thing to always look for opportunities where you can exercise your faith. So when we exercise our faith, we become magnets to attract opportunities in our lives. This is the power of stewarding. Yeah. Now what are the indicators that you have been good stewards in your life? How do you know that I've been a good steward? For an example, you get quick promotions. As simple as that. Because if you're stewarding your responsibility well in the office, you get promotions. Your business experience is growth. And uh, another great indicator is the wealthy people from the secular world, they want to work with you. Because when you steward it, they're seeing Christ in you. They're not seeing us, they're seeing Christ, but they don't know that they're seeing Christ. Now they, that, according to me, is the greatest form of evangelism. When they see that you are a good steward, they come and say, oh, there's something different about you. We want to invest money with you. That's the greatest testimony. That is the greatest, um, uh, you know, opportunity for us to share the goodness of God with them. You see what happens when you steward what has been given to you well? You get these kind of opportunities. 
and it's so important for us to be good stewards. Now we are talking about the money, but actually overall, good stewards of our health, good stewards of our relationships, good stewards of our kids, uh, everything. But today we are focusing on the aspect of the, the money and the finance and the possessions. So it's we are talking about this. Now, this brings me to the third aspect. Again, important. All the aspects are important here. <laughs> the third aspect is being prepared for the opportunities that God presents to us. How much are we prepared? Is the question. You know, we in Matthew 25, 1 to 13, there is a parable of uh, wise and foolish virgins. So what is the learning that we get from the parable? What um, um, I was just spending some time understanding, God, what do you want to, what are you trying to say through this parable to us? See, in this parable, the ones who were prepared got the opportunity. They seized the opportunity. So it's very important in the kingdom for us to be prepared. Let's say you have been recently recruited in an organization to work. So let's say in a mid-level role or an entry-level position. How many people pick up the book and start reading how to be a CEO? How to be a good leader in this organization? We don't pick up the book until the organization recognizes you that you are a great leader material and then they will start, uh, um, you know, groom you and this and that. Why do we wait until that day comes? When we start preparing for it. Gee, God, I want to be proactive. In the kingdom, we are not reactive. We are proactive. Everything is proactive. If God tells me you are going to become a CEO of this company and you join the company, you are going to become one. If not that company, you're going to become a CEO one day of any company that you would join. So the preparation starts from day one. The preparation doesn't start from the day that you were recognized that you're going to be a CEO. So being proactive is important. How do we be, let's say for example, if you have a dream to start a business, how do we become proactive then? I will give you an example from my story. There was a phase in my life where I really wanted to start a business, but I didn't know how. Used to take a pen and a paper, write some business plans. If I sell, I wanted to start a watch company actually, still in my uh, one of my dreams, which I'm going to do it. But I used to do simple calculations. If my watch cost me X amount and this amount, that amount, how many watches should I make sell to in order for me to make a million dollars? You know, just calculations. If somebody watches us, they will say, "What are you talking about? What are you doing?" But I think I was being proactive. But when the time came to start our business, all these calculations, all these plans, I had to go back. So we have to be proactive. We have to be proactive so that we can seize that opportunity when the opportunity comes. Amazing. Amazing. So, and another important lesson that we learn from um, this, the parable of uh, the, the ten virgins. See, what happened in the night when the five virgins who had less oil, they ran out of oil. So when they actually asked to the ones that already had the oil, they didn't give them. So what happens in your journey in the kingdom, sometimes people, you'll, you'll encounter people who will be more mature than you are. That doesn't mean that you should get offended by that. So what happens, for example, um, somebody who does well in the same area that you wanted to do. There is a tendency sometimes to become envious about it. 
or, or just become offensive oh no they took a shortcut you, you didn't know what they do you know the heart should be lord thank you for bringing this situation in my life thank you that you have made people wiser than me around me so that i can learn from them going to the next one again very important giving in the kingdom giving i think is the number one principle in the kingdom if we are talking about um the money or the possessions or the prosperity pr- probably giving in the church is the greatest investment opportunity that you will ever come across in your life in proverbs 3 9 and 10 it says proverbs 3 9 to 10 proverbs 3 9 and 10 honor the lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine what a word is that what a word what a word honor the lord with your possessions so god is telling you're sitting on the greatest business opportunity or a investment opportunity here amazing i'm not saying because i have to say i'm saying based on my experience whenever something was stuck whenever whenever there was an issue and whenever we sowed into the house that thing got released but having said that we did not do it because of that we did it because we love the house this is our house and another aspect of the kingdom when it comes to giving is god has placed us all in a house which is our church and the community we need to be very vigilant about the needs of the house it is very important what does the house need now it can be in the form of your time your resources your finances because that communicates to god that we are concerned we 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 love the house we are communicating our love towards the house to god and that's very attractive to god god loves it so wow look at the heart i took care of them so much look at how they're taking care of my house i'm going to bless this guy no question about it now this is the this is this is the mindset that we need to have swadhyay and the second aspect of giving is giving to the people around us generally this is what happens right when we give we, in the kingdom we talk about giving in the house and probably giving to the people around who are in need in matthew 25 35 the word says for i was hungry and you gave me food i was thirsty and you gave me drink i was a stranger and you took me in i was naked and you clothed me i was sick and you visited me i was in prison and you came to me this is what the bible says we should be generous we should be diligent at the same time when it comes to giving to the people around obviously we are called to be generous no question about it we are sons and daughters of a king so we should be able to be generous but more than being generous is great because that's needless to say we are generous people because uh, we are in the kingdom but more than anything we have to be attentive to the voice of god when it comes to giving around people we just 
heard about the principle that God is not moved by our need. Why should we be moved by the needs of the people then? Is the question. God is not moved by people's needs. God is moved by faith. So God also encourages us to not, I would put it in a slightly different way. God encourages us to listen to his voice when somebody comes and asks financial, uh, the money to you. It's very important that you know. Because in the kingdom, we don't function emotionally. Emotions exist. But we don't function emotionally when it comes to giving money to people. God encourages us to be spiritual when it comes to giving around people. I will tell you how, how giving looks in the kingdom. God will tell you in a dream or through somebody, go to X place, to X person, give an X amount because they are in need. We don't rationalize giving in the kingdom. More often than not, you cannot rationalize. We just go and give it and later we realize, they'll, how did you come to know that we wanted, had a need? Yes, we're all connected in the kingdom in one spirit. And this is how the giving works in the kingdom when we are giving to one another. Right? But does it mean that people have no needs? Yes, people have needs. We know that. People have needs. People need financial um, resources to run their life and everything. But sometimes we have to also be careful that we don't become a hindrance in their process with God. So it is very important for us to know that. Uh, in Luke 6, chap chapter 6, verse 38, because the word says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom for which the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So the rewards for us on this earth and in heaven, there are rewards for that actually. But we only don't do it because of the rewards. We do it because we love God and we love people. So this is the principle of giving. Now that we have spoken about giving, we'll move to another important aspect of knowing your identity. It is, uh, I cannot emphasize more on identity. Identity is the number one, if you ask me personally, it has changed my life. See, there are some verses in the Bible, powerful promises in the Bible, if you look at it. You don't have to open, but I will read it here. In Genesis 1.27 says, God created man in his own image. 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. Jeremiah 1.5, before you were born, God knew you. Before you were born, I have sanctified you. Ephesians 2.10, you are his workmanship. Are we talking, have you, probably this should go on your uh, everyday reading list in the morning before you start your day. <laughs> Sometimes I think we forget our identity. We are a royal priesthood. God is saying, come on, when you walk into a meeting, be it your boss, be it a billionaire, billionaire, trillionaire, Christ has walked into the meeting because Christ lives in us. We are a royal priesthood. It's amazing. Knowing and having a clear understanding about your identity in Christ is very important, especially when it comes to 
dealing with money and possessions. I'll tell you what. There are two things that happen when you have a clear identity about yourself. You can become a billionaire. I can become a billionaire. I can own the best cars in the world. I can have the best watches in the world. I can have the best houses in the world. My attitude doesn't change. You know why? Because my identity is not that. My identity is in Christ. How can it change? And the second thing that happens is when you have a clear identity about yourself, you walk, you talk with a lot of authority. I will give you an example. <clears throat> when, let's say you're working in an organization and then you, you are in a meeting room. You go with a sense of authority. You go there. So what happens is non-verbally, we communicate a lot of authority. When we communicate authority, we build trust with key decision makers in the organization. Because they are in a position of authority themselves. You don't have to be uh, in a key position to display authority. You can display authority at any level you are in, but with humility. And when you display authority, people recognize, people in authority recognize you. So when you have a sense of a strong identity in Christ, you start to realize that you are a son of a king. You walk and talk with son of a king. But son of a king is never arrogant, by the way. He's very humble. He's very gentle. He's very kind because he's representing his father. So keeping that in mind, um, the identity, extremely important. And I'm sure um, uh, you'll walk and talk with a lot of authority from today onwards. Talking about that, the next thing that's very important, which is the sixth point in my notes here, is honoring the land that we live in. Honoring the land that we live in. Now we hear phrases like, uh, ah, I've just come here to make some bucks, quick bucks, quick money. Um, I'll be here for about three, four years and then I'll get out, which is great. I mean, I have also spoken like that, to be very honest. I've also spoken like that. So, honoring the land is not that. We need to change our language. You might come here only for three, four years, no problem. But the language is, I'm going to go to this nation. And this nation is going to be blessed for about four years while I'm staying there. I'm going to be a blessing in this nation. I'm going to uh, represent the kingdom here. This is an opportunity for me to display Christ in this nation. And then another thing, when the VAT or the taxes were announced, everybody was, oh man, this is the reason we came here. Now the taxes are started. It's grumbling. No, it should be a privilege for us to pay the tax. Because in the kingdom, we are giving. Giving is the basis of what we do. How can we say no to tax? Now, what they do with the taxes is again not our responsibility. Someone asked me the other day, hey, do you know there's a lot of developments happening in the country that you live in? But the, some ex country, we pay a lot of taxes, but we're not sure what's happening. What the, they do with the money is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to give. Their responsibility is to answer to God what they did with the money. <laughs> so we need to be honoring our land. When you honor the land, the blessings that are upon the land flow through you. When you're planted, when you're honored, same thing applies um, to the principle of being planted in a church. When you're planted in a church, the blessings that are on the house flow to you, flow through you. So it is extremely important 
to be um, to be uh, honoring the land. See, in Genesis 40, 41 and 41, there is a the story about the Joseph, Joseph who was made in charge of Egypt. See, Joseph was in a, not in his land as well. He was in a foreign land as well. But look at what happened. He embraced the land. He honored the land, but he never let his values slide by. He was, all, he was always practicing and applying his values, but then look what happened. Because he honored the land, he was made the, the second in charge of, the, of Egypt, which is amazing. Now talking about this, it takes me to the last um, principle or the point that I've listed here. It's understanding your responsibility. See, in the kingdom, we have responsibility. Do we believe that we have responsibility? Yes. In the kingdom, we have responsibility. In order to make you understand what is the magnitude of the responsibility that you have, Deuteronomy 15.6. The Bible says that you should be lending to the nations. Now that's a responsibility. Lending to the nations. Now, unfortunately, we are spending a lot of time taking the credit cards. Unfortunately, um, we are spending a lot of time, um, including me, we have done these mistakes as well. So don't please uh, take it as an offense or uh, you know, otherwise. Um, we are called to, the other day I was reading a story about someone in Abu Dhabi, who's a big man. They bailed out the Barclays Bank when the global financial crisis happened in the UK. So they bailed out the bank. I said, that's kingdom. I, th that's kingdom. So, so we have been called to lend to the nations. We have been called to bail out the banks. We have been called. We've been called to. There is a sense of responsibility in the kingdom. So when we walk and talk with that sense of responsibility, no wonder you become a, a, a magnet for attracting opportunities around you. Now, the beautiful part about that is when we do things like that, you know, the name of the Lord is glorified. Now that is the greatest form of evangelism that we can ever do. When we know that, you know. So <clears throat> with this, um, I've come to the conclusion of my message. Um, so I would like to encourage you to dream big dreams. I would like to encourage you, let your dreams be God-sized. You know, understand your identity in Christ. Be giving. You know, you know, understand that you don't own anything. You're just a steward of it. Honor the land that you live in. Always be prepared for opportunities and understand your responsibilities. When you do that, when you apply what you've heard today, your lives are never going to be the same again. Our God is a good God. So many promises. Such life-changing word. It's, the ball is in our court now. The provision has already been made for us. Are we willing to apply that word? Are we willing to change this world? But we can take it one step at a time. We can change the world around us. And it has a ripple effect. They will go out and change somebody else. They will go out and change somebody else. Through this, I can think we can really bring huge transformation in this world. And we are sitting on a huge, um, you know, I would say, uh, a bed of opportunities. 
every single day but the question is are we sensitive to the voice of the holy spirit uh, are you are we willing to grab on to these opportunities and uh, make the best of it and bring glory to god's name it's in our hands with this i'd like to encourage you and um, uh, uh, thank you for listening to me uh, it was great god bless you you have a wonderful week love you guys so um i hope most of you guys were blessed uh, by this word emos thank you so much for this awesome word um, we really encouraged uh, and edified by the word i have a couple of questions that i know uh, you know people also may have questions but this, these are my questions and i'm really um, seeking uh, your counsel lord you know um being in the being in the workforce and being an expat in, the, in this country you know how does one steward like right now what they have like because some people wait to be business people some people wait to be in ministry some people wait to come to a certain position uh how does one steward what they have right now uh, because there are people that may be watching today they may not have a job uh then you know or they may have a job but they're not happy in uh you know or they may have a job that they're very happy in they don't want to change uh they're very secure uh you know they want to stay in that job for for the rest of their life you know everything all the plans are how does one steward uh what god has given them in this season very much very much see before you start to steward you need to understand what god has called you to be yeah because you might be working but you wanted to let's say god has called you to start a business or yeah. you might be working but god has called you to become to to come in a leadership position in that company yeah. or you might not have a job but god has called you for ministry yeah for example so i think when you have that when you have that clarity on the purpose of what god has called you to be yeah. then then stewarding becomes actually fairly straightforward yeah um yeah. because uh, let's say um for example when i was working when i i knew that god had called me to do business because i was not enjoying it yeah so i gave an example in the preaching saying that i was preparing for it already yeah i was preparing for it already because that communicates faith yeah to god yeah yeah communicates yeah. faith to god so once you have a clarity on um what god has called you to be yeah. you start doing things in that direction without even worrying about the outcome yeah we just do it now so that one day you'll be utilizing it with the faith so so basically what you're saying is i will spend my time right now mm. based on the prophetic word that i got or direction yes. prophetic direction yes. or a word that god has given me yes i will spend my time yeah. right now my free time yes. not the time that i'm supposed to do yes, my job but absolutely. my free time absolutely preparing for the place that god is calling me to yes so which means leadership material yes. uh developing myself to be a better leader yes. not waiting for the position yes. but actually positioning myself in where i'm at right now absolutely to be right. a better leader absolutely that's right. awesome man yes, that's really good right. so that's how i steward my yes. time right now yes yes, yes. That's Absolutely. amazing. So uh, there's a there's a verse that comes to my mind and maybe you can give us some clarity on it. Sure. Um uh, it's about um uh, I remember Jesus says be faithful with the little uh, and then you'll be trusted with bigger things. Absolutely. Right? So how how does could you help us understand how does um stewardship work with that? Sure. Sure. I will explain this to you again with an example. Yeah. <clears throat> 
When we started the business, we did not have enough money with us. There were two options for us. We could have gone out and taken an investment and then use it to grow the business. Yeah. Or you could use whatever little was there. It was very tiny. We're just going around in the car, coming back, no teams with us. Yeah. Just doing small things. So whatever little God told us, I have told you in the word that you will never borrow. Very good. Until nice. I tell so you, good. you'll never borrow. Yeah. Yeah. So we never went to the banks. We never borrowed from anybody. So whatever little we have, I think we stewarded it well. Yeah. With that, with that, they call it bootstrapped in the technical language, the bootstrap companies. Yeah. So um, so what happens is you become a VC for yourself for the next couple of years. Wow. Let's say you have a um, you have a plan to start a X division. You start the process of funding it yeah. two years before. So wow. that when the two year comes, yeah. you fund for that. You already have the finances ready finances for it. Ready yeah. for, for, for that, yeah. to start that division. Yeah. And now, I think this is a, a right example to yeah. how you can steward. Now with somebody who is working, um, whatever, they might feel that very insignificant. First of all, feeling insignificant is not kingdom. Whatever yeah. small thing you do, um, yeah. uh, in the kingdom it's big. Yeah, kingdom. It's your heart towards it that matters. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, it reminds me of a story when uh, I was doing theater. In the theater, they always told us the story where there was one role in theater. They have everybody has a different role in theater, right? Yeah. There was one role of a guy who was just moving a curtain. Wow. So there were people who used to only come to watch that theater show yeah. because of the way he moved the curtain. Wow! Come on, man. So good. Yeah. That's a small role. Yeah. In the kingdom, it is like that. Yeah. If your heart is clean, and if you put your heart and soul and mind into whatever you do, yeah, it's extremely recognizable and attractive in the kingdom. Yeah. And that shows to God that I'm entrustable with the little that you give. Wow, so and good. Yeah. When you look at wealthy people, you know, yeah, they're very entrustable in the kingdom. The, you don't take offense when you see wealthy people. Yeah. They have become very, very entrustable with God in the kingdom, and that's why they have been blessed with more. Yeah. So it's that's very amazing. important for us to understand how stewarding yeah, works. Thank you, man. That's amazing. That's an amazing. I hope you guys were blessed by that explanation. It's really good. Um, you know, your, your, what you just shared with us really leads into my second question, sure. uh, which is uh, because this is kingdom psychology about money. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of us have this mindset that there is secular and there is sacred. Yes. Uh, and then where does money fit in it? Right? Where is money secular? Is money sacred? Sure, good question. <laughs> good question. Yeah. Um, money is actually sacred. So good. Yeah. Because God owns it. Very Anything good. that God owns it is sacred. Yeah. It's spiritual. Yeah. Um, so that's why we need to steward it well. We have responsibility towards it. At the same time, it makes us stress free because we don't have it. So it's very sacred and yeah. it's an integral part of our walk uh, with God. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a there's there's an understanding uh, mm. that money is a tool mm. uh, that that literally runs the world that we live in. Sure. It affects everything that we uh, we you know every aspect of life basically. You yes. can't you can't go to another country without yes. using money. You can't yes. buy your groceries and get food yes. without money. Uh, and I think it's a it's an integral part of 
of our life you know uh, but but i do believe like what you're saying that it is it, it, it can be used as a tool for yes. the secular but when, yes. the, when when you're part of the kingdom of god everything yes. that you touch yes. is what your heavenly father leads you to touch amen uh, every place that your foot shall tread i will give it to you yes. it wasn't secular Sure. It was sacred from the very beginning because it belonged to the Father. Yes. So what yes. you're saying is absolutely right, man. Yes. But, you know, a lot of us, mm. uh, which leads to my next question. Sure. Uh, a lot of us uh, really want to steward, mm. but in our hearts, can you help us understand the difference between uh, greed mm. for more money yeah. uh, versus stewardship for his money? Sure, great question. <laughs> All questions are great. <laughs> yeah. See, when you believe that the money is not yours, where will the greed come from? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's an unrenewed mind, right? It's the yeah. psychology of money. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. it's a psychology of money. If you believe that the, you don't own it, yeah. the greed will never come. But the, but the thing is, yeah. people don't apply it. Yeah. People don't apply it. Because maybe maybe yeah. they think that the money is going to run out. They're not going to have. Money is going to run out. There's a poverty or, consciousness. To yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next yeah. time, if something is stressing you out because of the money, that's yeah. when I think it's a good time to do a heart check. Yeah, very good. Heart, heart check. Yeah. Heart cleanse and heart check. <laughs> because uh, we don't own it. It shouldn't make us greedy. And see, I'll tell you another thing, huh, by the way. When you're not greedy, when yeah. you believe that the money is not yours, people want to give you money for some reason. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People want to give you money. People want to come and bless you with money because they yeah. see um, that you're not greedy. So people become comfortable around you. Yeah. Very you know? good so they, they, we communicate to people saying that we are not here just to take their money. We are yeah. here to offer excellent services because we are an excellent company because of, we are, it's, a, it's a God's company. Yeah. So, so when we have that mindset, people want to sow into your business because they see that, you know, there is something different here. Very good, man. You do, that the greed goes away, the money yeah. comes in. Yeah, that's very good. Which leads to my last question, okay? Yeah, sure. um, but my last question is really, how do I increase the money that I have right now? Sure. When, when, when is it safe? Sure. There may be a two-part question. Sure. When is it safe for money to start working for me? How do I increase what I have and when does money start working for me? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> This is something that I personally am spending time with as well yep. at the moment. Um, but whatever investment opportunities are already existing, they're great. But we need to understand what opportunity we need to use yeah. by being attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Very good. Yeah. So Now, there's real estate, there is stock market, yeah. um, there is... Um, uh, there is any investment opportunity you can start a business you can start a buy a shop or this yeah. you can buy a nice car and rent it out yeah. you can do freelancing for somebody there's a lot of business opportunities but what is good for you we need to uh, what God wants you to do um, is very important yeah um, and also how do we know that what God wants me to do yeah. that's another question that you might be wondering yeah um, a lot of times how we figure out is there is a lot of peace of mind and it is something that is not always in the trend. Yeah, yeah. It is something that is not always in the trend. It's not trending at the moment. It's not trend. Yeah, it's, yeah. It doesn't trend because it's timeless. Yeah. Because God's investment techniques and uh, and and uh, and His frameworks are timeless. Yeah. Because because so, sorry to interrupt, but this generation, like yes. a lot of people, are like, oh, you know, NFT is trending or Bitcoin yes. is trending, and, yes. and maybe God is not on it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we, because of greed, or we want to have because yeah. it's something that's trending, yes. we want to invest in it. Yes. And it can be a wrong investment because you're taking yes. money that is not yours yes. and you're putting it into a place that God is not leading you to put Correct. it. Correct. I'm not yeah. being responsible. Yeah. I'm not being a good steward yeah. um, as well. And also, when you have an identity that you are a son, you don't hurry when the trend comes. Very good, man. So good. A king's son will never run after investment opportunities. He has a responsibility to grow what he has, yeah. but he doesn't get driven by an Instagram post, for example. Yeah. I, was, uh, I was reading about, uh, I'll give an example. Um, <laughs> in Bloomberg, I was reading about an article. Now, this is nothing against people who carry credit cards. Don't, please don't mistake me. Uh, I know it has comes with its own benefits. If you have learned how to steward your credit card, no worries for that. But I read an article um, about a millionaire. Uh, he's apparently a big millionaire or a billionaire. He's saying, how amazing he has been because if he has a son, he would give a credit card to his son at a very young age. Yeah. Now, his, his explanation was, if somebody has a credit card at a very young age, they will have a very good credit rating with the bank tomorrow if they want to take the loans and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, you tell me, is it kingdom? No, it's not. God has called us to bail out the banks, not go to the bank and take the loan. So why should I build a credit rating with them? They should build a credit rating with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know this is big talk, but this is, we are called to dream big. It's It's kingdom. It's kingdom. kingdom. So, um, yeah, I hope uh, that uh, gives you an idea. Yeah. 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 How, so, so is growing like I, I continue to ask questions. I, I, this is me all the time. Sure. Okay. But uh, is growing money kingdom? Because I know you're talking about stewardship. Yes. Uh, you know, talents can be uh, defined as gold. It can be defined in different ways. Yes. But being rich mm. is it a kingdom principle? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> being yeah. rich is definitely kingdom principle. Yeah. Should but Christians be rich? Christians should be extremely wealthy. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> The only difference is the heart. Yeah. Because what we make in the kingdom, we put it back in the kingdom. So good. Because yeah. we put it back in the house. We put it back uh, wherever God leads us to because yeah. uh, we need to be rich. We are yeah. called to lend to the nations. Very good. Remember that. Yeah. So when you are talking about that kind of, those kind of things, then uh, we are called to be extremely, extremely wealthy and rich. So yeah. we, we, should, we, should, we, need not, we should not be offended with uh, rich people and we should not be offended with money because... If we are offended with something, we cannot steward it. If you don't steward it, we don't become good stewards. Wow. If you're not good stewards, we'll not be interested. Amazing. It's all interlinked. Amazing. It's amazing. Such a good word. And you guys blessed by Amos. That's <laughs> such a such an awesome word. Thank you so much, Amos. Thank you. We're really blessed Thank by it. Um, we just thought, you know, I just thought while we while we're sitting here that I could we should make it a little different and ask some questions. Not that you did not preach an awesome word. You did preach. I had questions and I thought maybe people would benefit from your answers and you did yeah. really well so we're so blessed you. by you thank you Amos thank you. and Priya such an awesome time bless you church I hope you enjoyed the service we will see you next week God bless bye bye